Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse. The exceedingly popular Brindlewood Bay South Senior High mascot, the Firebird, was found desecrated in a bloody scene. The man behind the costume, social studies teacher Rob Kestrel, is missing. I'm known as the great and wonderful Diana Ma. You're a finger exerciser? Oh, just check out the dexterity of these toes. <laughs> oh my. I think that you have a, a shock collar. What else does Ma have? A genuine leather collar and leash. The collar is big enough for a decent-sized dog or a person. What does Coach have in her cozy place? A mechanical punching bag, but it's spring-loaded at every doorway. Oh, you guys are Murder like on, on, the, on the sponsors list for the Founders Day Parade. That's very cool. I like that. Pleasure to meet you. My name is Bartleby. This, this man is inevitable. He will arrive wherever he is going, but it will be at his pace. You find a receipt for an incredibly high value, but finding it partially destroyed in this way, having, having it be soaked in this blood. I think, Marion, you now have the condition frustrated. If you need anything in the course of your investigation, she has a name tag, uh, and it says Principal Purvis. I'm sure that if anyone can handle this case, it would be such women of accomplishment as you and yours. Thank you. As you finish drying your eyes, Diana, the rain begins. It is uh, later in the afternoon now. You spent some time investigating this scene before the rain began. It's around just after three o'clock. School has uh, released and all the students uh, with it. The principal, after the, the bell rang shrilly behind her, turned around and sort of like rushed back to the building, collected a few other teachers who came out with her, uh, and they directed students away from this area so that they did not disturb the scene at all. Uh, and didn't see what had transpired here. So I wanted to ask, um, you all have uh, found a few clues. Uh, what's your next move? Uh, we're getting into the early evening now. I'm imagining that this is homecoming, so this is fall? Yes. So that means uh, it's going to get dark early. The sun is starting to go down. Uh, it's hard to tell with the storm clouds having rolled in. But it's going to be dark fairly soon. What is your approach to your investigation from here? Uh, there's lots of things and places at your disposal. Uh, how about you guys have a, an in-character conversation about this? The rain has started, but it's not overly strong. Could we be, like, standing under the bleachers or something? Yeah. No, I love that. So, like, you're standing under the bleachers to stay out of the rain. Mm -hmm. And uh, your evening is before you. Uh, what do you guys talk about? Well, I can tell you that... The costume was taken apart very carefully. It was it was cut somehow, either with a knife or with scissors. Also, I found this receipt. It, it's irresponsibly expensive. <laughs> but I can't make out for the life of me who the receipt is for or to. There's too much blood. I'm so frustrated. In my day, I feel like I've seen... That method or style of invoice before, it may take me some time, but I'll have to reference my ledger. And Marion nods. Your ledger is one of your cozy place items, yes? Mm -hmm. Um, You absolutely could. So it'd still be a metal move. You're, you're investigating more information around a clue. It'd be using it with advantage and marking it? I think. Uh, yeah. If you would like, you could, you could, you could ticket. This will then remove that from play for the rest of the session. But you could leverage your records and try to get more information from that. Is that something that Diana wants to do? Actually, I do recall now exactly where that might have come from. <laughs> well, Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Uh, this is going to be a reason. Uh, we've rolled a lot of that so far. Mm -hmm. uh, and you are going to roll with advantage, and you're going to meddle here. You're going to 
just so th- the record shows, Dempsey had like nine dice in front of him and chose to take the three in front of me instead. <laughs> I wanted to count it's eight. Um, I'm also setting that up for like an old lady moment if the roll goes bad. Yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, so yeah. I know exactly what it is, and then all circumstances. Burn. So eight plus one. Nine. That's a nine. nine. Hey, that's uh, that's with a complication. Oh boy. So, what well, I'll say first is I think you do find a uh, a correlatable record. Uh, this receipt, uh, this receipt, this invoice matches some that you've seen uh, from orders that were made to the Brindlewood Air Bay and Bay. Uh, oh my god! Hotel. Uh, it's it's near the uh, center of town, uh, near where the cultural center is, uh, and it's not too far. The center of town is closer to the south side. Uh, and that is spelled uh, Brindlewood Air Bay, B-A-Y, and Bay, B-A-E. No. It is. No. It is, and there's reason for it. I wrote that naturally. I mean, obviously somebody is having an affair. We clarified earlier that this is like an irresponsible, unrational amount of money. Correct? It's like the big sum. So, and you said tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I said th- thousands to tens of thousands. Let's put a number on it. Let's say this receipt is for $8,700. Okay. Uh, and it is. it appears, now that you've found this correlation, to be an invoice from Brindlewood Air Bay and Bay. And I'll say, I will say your complication, oh, this is good. I will say your complication is you are not allowed back, Diana, at the Air Bay and Bay. And I will let you decide why that is. So uh, Brindlewood Air Bay and Bay both markets itself as a ritzy, you know, local hotel establishment uh, and also rents rooms by the hour. If you catch my drift. The one stop shop. Yeah, it's a one stop shop for all of your bed needs. Um, So I don't know how Diana might relate to that in some way. Uh, but just that's a little bit more information about the place as you're trying to figure out why you might not be allowed back there anymore. I like that. That's a good complication. How long is Brindlewood Bay? Like, how old of a town is this? Uh, Brindlewood Bay goes way back. It was originally like a, a whaling town back in the early Americas. What are they known for? What, uh, what the might fishing be their- industry is their biggest thing. They're a coastal town. But now, now they're more of a, a sort of a touristy trap sort of place retirement they're like there's a lot of retired folks here there's uh you know it's it's a fairly thriving community is there a founder uh there's a founder's day parade founder's day parade so i suppose there is uh there there might be one buried in the the docks for this somewhere but none that i can think of probably somebody brindlewood yeah Mm -hmm. uh so let's say uh it was maybe a reverend uh reverend arthur j brindlewood so you can also uh, hold on to that, and uh, if you guys decide to go there, then that reason could come out. That's true. Uh, I have a very good reason. Yeah? Oh, they're not going to see it coming, so it'll absolutely be more entertaining okay. at the moment. well then hold on to it. Hold on to it then. We're still in the middle of sharing our evidence, aren't yep. we? So yeah, sorry. We, so you investigated it, and you uncovered that it matched those records. Mm. Okay. If I recall right, it was Brendlewood Bay Bay. No, no, no. Brendlewood Air. No, no, no. Brendlewood Air Bay and Bay. Those are not good memories, but anyhow. Oh, I think I've seen that place off of the main street. Oh, yes. That takes me back quite a ways. Back in the day when that was... The center of town. Now that's on the very far south side of Brindlewood. Hmm. How the times have changed on us. Yes, yes, we are old. <laughs> what about you, Coach? Did you find anything? Uh, Coach is going to reach into the left pocket of her her jogging pants mm-hmm. she's wearing, uh, and is going to pull out a vial with a little like test strip in it and give it a little shake 
This baby here shows that, uh, we're not just dealing with the massacre of, uh, mascot uniform anymore, but we're dealing with murder here, ladies. This strip here sh shows that the blood at the scene is human blood. So, uh, we have a legitimate murder here now. Oh, and if that doesn't, uh, further prove it, I have more proof for you. And then she's going to reach into the right pocket of her jogging pants and pull out completely uncovered finger with the ring on it and, like, kind of, like, wag it around and go, You see this, baby? <laughs> this here definitely proves that we're dealing with a murder. Coach. What? I like the idea that as you're gesticulating with it, the it's like bending. Yeah, <laughs> just like the flopping. tip of the finger is just kind of like flopping a bit. That's terrible, but what a grand find. Can I uh, look at the, the finger, the wedding ring? Uh, we mentioned earlier that Goji takes play pretty hard with Rob. Mm-hmm. Are there any signs of like of it being? Oh, that's a good. That's an interesting uh, point that you know his hand somewhat well. Uh huh. Um, Do I recognize the wedding ring? Um, I know well, it's just a gold band. So, so you've you've patched up his hand before. Uh, I think you could recognize this finger as being that of Rob Kestrel. Well, we don't have to look up the address now because I was gonna go to the address and ask his wife if this was his wedding ring. Mm. And Scar, a poor, poor woman. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, I recognize those scratches on his fingertip. That was from his last time playing with Goji. I do believe that is, in fact, Rob Kestrel's wedding ring. Oh, dear. Well, ladies, it would seem that we've confirmed the worst. Now, what we have to ask ourselves is, why is there only one finger? Why did they leave the ring? Who would have done such a heinous, evil, deplorable act? From my investigation, talking to Principal Purvis, there was Purvis, or rather, previous discussion <laughs> I love that on perhaps retiring the firebird which I know what we're all thinking how could it be yeah I would have gotten over it I mean it's a mascot I'm still planning on one of these days cutting down your peach tree this weekend sounds like a better weekend than ever coach you should buy a dinner first <laughs> Did we just make cutting down a peach tree a euphemism? That is, in fact, what I was angling for, yes. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you about the trip that I took 17 years ago to Canada. It was there in Montreal at a sweet little bakery. I forget the name. I'll check the ledger one of these days, but... That golden, simple bakery with one of the best banana nut muffins I've ever tasted. The only time I've tasted a better banana nut muffin was here on the bleachers. Ew. I'm going to be in search of that. And until I find it, I will stay hungry for more. Oh, was that the last time you attended a game here? No! That was when I was in the investigation. Someone from the game must have left it on the bleachers. How they would have left a half-eaten muffin like that, I do not know. The quality... scrumptious. Ew. Well, I would say that our next, uh... destination should be, uh... The Brinnlewood Bay and Bay to uh, see why our dearly departed Rob here uh, would have a 
receipt for such a large amount from them. Should we do that before we perhaps investigate his classroom? I don't uh, know what you think we'll find in his classroom, but I guess we can give it a shot. Well, I will say, when we get there, things will be as bumpy as the ride, for I'm uh, no longer welcome in those establishments. In Rob's classroom? Um, the Brindlewood Air Bay and Bay and I, we no longer appreciate my presence, both literally and metaphorically. Uh, so do you decide to uh, check out Air Bay and Bay first or classroom first? Well, I guess if we're going uh, to the classroom at all, it would be... Th- that first since okay. we're already on the school ground. Uh, the the clouds have rolled in. It is raining. Uh, and the sun is starting to go down. Uh, obviously, you're not, like, allowed in the school right now. Uh, so if you wanted to go and check it out, what's your approach? Breaking. Well, coach is a coach. It's true. So... That's true. Do I have a key? You're an assistant coach. I imagine you have uh, a key to... Uh, there's like a rear entrance that will get you in to, to like the locker the gymnasium room. and locker room areas. Yeah. Um, but like once you're inside the building, I'm sure some of the central hallway doors and stuff automatically lock. And uh, obviously the classrooms will be locked. Uh, so is your plan then to go in through the entrance that coach has available to her and then make your way past any doors that are in your way between there and the classroom? I mean, I either we do that, or if uh, if Bartleby is still around, I mean, he has keys to the building. He might be able to let us in. You have met two contacts who would have unfettered access of this building. Uh, one is Bartleby. Uh, the other, of course, is Principal Purvis. You can always try to lean on one of them to try to get you access as well. You could also go for essentially a pincer effect and, and maybe do a little bit of both, because there might be some records or stuff that they would have access to that that you wouldn't even know to look for or something like that. So. You know, that's fair. Could one of us talk to to Bartleby and get into his room, and the other one of us go and like talk to Purvis and get some uh, some records potentially? Diana talked to Purvis, so I would probably recommend that Diana talks to Purvis again to get an entry and did. Marion talked to Bartleby? Uh, yeah, I've talked to Bartleby a little bit. You and I are, have talked more to Bartleby. Well, Coach is the one that had the conversation with Bartleby in regards to no sub plans and the uncertainty of where he was. Let's, let's, uh, let's split up then. Let's split up then. Diana... You should talk to Principal Purvis. Perhaps she has some records of Rob's time teaching here that might be useful. Coach, why don't you and I talk to the custodian about investigating Rob Kestrel's social studies room? Sounds like a plan to me. Certainly. It's the least she can do, given the fact that she plans to retire the Firebird. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, we, we cut our scene there under the bleachers as uh, the three of you split up uh, with Marion and Coach heading off towards uh, Coach's access to the building to find Bartleby and get his help in accessing the teacher's room. Uh, and with Diana going off to find the principal and uh, speak with her further about things. Um, so, Diana, I'm actually going to start with you setting up that. Um you catch Principal Purvis uh, as she's leaving the building, heading for her car. Uh, she has her keys in her hand. She has one of those key rings that has dangling from it. Uh, like, it feels like 30 different subscription cards uh, to different places, loyalty programs. And she has a bundle of charms on it as well. The cacophony of them jangling about in her hand as she power walks towards her car uh, is loud enough that she does not at first hear you uh, from the, the from the sidewalk uh, call out to her. Our Principal Purvis. <clears throat> Principal Purvis. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> she pauses, her heels clicking on the asphalt. 
Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, Diana. I, uh, I didn't notice you there. Uh, what can I help you with? I, I would assume by this point you'd already completed your investigation of the fields. Yes, we've found some interesting clues out in the field, but we wanted to follow up a little bit more on perhaps some of the things that Rob might have had happening recently. Has he been coming to school consistently? Has he had any falling out with any of the departments or other teachers, perhaps? Um, as you press her with these questions, I think she, like, she looks askance. She, she looks off to the side and, and thinks for a minute, and she says, I'm not really sure if that's the kind of information that I am at, at liberty to share with you, Diana. You understand, like, that sort of confidentiality. Um, and Didn't she say earlier if we needed anything to talk to her? Yes, but in the same way that you might say that to to somebody who is doing some bug clearing at your house, but then if they ask you to come and help them with their thing, you might be like, ah, isn't that your job? You know, like that sort of thing. Gotcha. It was very much a, a placating, you know, if you need anything, I'll, I'll help, help you out. But asking for some, some information about him, uh, she, she seems hesitant to supply that to you. You could apply pressure on her in some way, uh, and we could roll that as a, a medal of probably presence. Is this a great time to mark the shock collar? <laughs> <laughs> In the rain. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to mark the leather collar, uh, there could be a different relationship that you and Purvis have had off screen. <laughs> he said shock collar, not leather collar. I know. While I understand and respect your hesitancy... You do need to know that I plan on investigating the second murder after this one even more intensely. Your role in eliminating the firebird has not gone unnoticed. (laughs) Now, if you would like me to keep the simmer of this burn to a minimum, then you should probably be helping me now, for you will pay the cost later. This town has founded itself on the esteemed and utmost integrity of our beloved Firebird, which Rob has done a great service for the last 10 years, if you had forgotten. Uh, you and you move to intimidate her, uh, into intimidate and somewhat threaten her. Intimidate, uh, threaten, a little bit of guilt. Yeah, a, a little bit of all three. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this this feels like a medal. You are trying to drive her for information right now. I would like you to roll presence as you meddle with her. It's an eight plus one. That's a nine. It's a nine. Uh, so excellent. She, upon seeing how intent you are to pull this information out of her and how passionate you are about the Firebird in general, I think she caves into your pressure. She tells you a little bit about Rob uh, and about his life at the school. Uh, well, uh... I, I certainly don't want to uh, have you as my enemy, Diana. Uh, I I think you can understand my hesitancy in airing uh, potentially a late faculty member's uh, dirty laundry to, to someone outside of the school, uh, especially someone investigating uh, his, his life and potentially his demise. But he has had a a rather interesting time here. Very recently, it's been a bit contentious uh, as... Well, you're aware that the good Dr. Hackenberger left late last fall from the social studies department, and without him, we didn't have a department head anymore. And so I decided at the time, uh, especially given the different ways that Rob has supported our school, uh, that he would make a fine 
a fine replacement for uh, for the doctor. And even though he does not have the same accolades, I thought that bringing a little bit of youth and perspective into the department would really uh, help with that. It did mean, however, that others in the department were passed over, and from what I understand, that has caused a bit of contention uh, between Rob uh, and between one of our other social studies teachers, uh, uh, Miss Raymond. Um, now, I talked with her about it, and I explained my decision, and I thought that she understood. Uh, I think I explained things in such a way that that she had no choice but to understand. And I understand that she might have been giving Rob some trouble about it. There was a story from just the other day, their classrooms are across from each other, that she had convinced uh, a few of her students to, to make some obscene gestures in the windows so they'd be visible from, from uh, Rob's room across the hall. It was only hearsay, uh, and when pressed about it, everyone denied it. Uh, saying that, you know, it was all in good fun or anything. But uh, a few students were written up and nothing more. But I I do worry that she does still bear some animosity towards him and that his life here recently was made a bit more difficult for it. He spends such long hours at the school. Uh, he spent. And I... I would really much rather those times have been good for him. After all, uh, his role as our firebird meant so much to this school and this community. Uh, He really was a uh, a shining, fiery light for all of our events. Ah, we're finally getting somewhere. Well, in regards to the firebird, that is. Now, back to what you were saying... I find it quite interesting that Miss Raven would implore the assistance of students in causing more drama around such an interesting decision. It's quite the tragedy for the older generation to make their problems something that the younger generation acts on. Miss Raven will definitely need a talking to in the future. One more question before I let you go. I do realize that you're standing out in the rain, and I do hope that none of your coupon cards, if that's what you call them on your key ring, get ruined in the rain. But of great importance, can you think of any reason whatsoever that the good firebird would be out in the evening, in the field, days before the competition? Uh, and she she shrugs. She gets in her car, uh, looks up to you from the, the the window that she rolls down just a little bit, just enough so you can hear her, so the rain doesn't get in. And and she she says to you, Diana, uh, she is definitely also hiding in her car a little bit from you, Diana. She gets her car started, and over the sound of the engine, says to you, Look, Diana. While I understand and respect your position in investigating this most unfortunate, most deplorable action uh, that has transpired on these grounds, I would rather not have to listen to you decry my management practices or how I've responded to my teachers. I wish you the best of luck in looking further into this, I'm going to go home. Try to stay dry out there. Uh, and she kicks her car into gear, and she, she peels out from the lot, and she crashes through a puddle, and you become absolutely soaked, standing next to her car. Uh, you have the condition Diana is all wet. What a bitch. Diana, you are you are soaking wet from having this conversation. But you learned some additional details about some contention going on at the school. The clue is an overlooked promotion. Miss Raymond is the one overlooked. Yes. Is it Raven or Raymond? Raymond. R-A-M-O-N. I definitely said Raven. You did. I heard it. Uh, 
the, the teacher's name is uh, Miss Bell Raymond. Does Twitter exist? <laughs> yes. Okay. Now soaking wet, Diana turns around and heads back to the entrance of which Marion and Coach had entered the school. Hmm. What a strange and disrespectful woman. No wonder there's a dedicated hashtag to making bad puns about her name. Diana reaches the school door and realizes that it's locked. Hmm. Maybe I'll also start a hashtag about how my group is also equally bad at making sure that those around them are taken care of. I'm now going to be soaking, soaking wet. Hello, it's David, your keeper, with special thanks, reminders, and announcements in this mid-break. First of all, thank you so much for joining us in our second installment of Brindlewood Bay. Our mystery starts to take shape in this one, and I would love to hear any theories you have as our story goes on. You can come over and tell us about it on Twitter at TOTA Podcast, that's T-O-T-A Podcast, or just follow us there for show updates, announcements, and TTRPG solidarity. I really loved running this game when we recorded it, and it is so cool to see the edit come together now. I I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am, and if you are, please recommend us to a friend or just tell others about it in your spaces. Your word of mouth is better than any advertising we could ever do. And if for some strange reason you want to hear more of my voice outside of this show, you should check out the TTRPG discussion podcast, 19 Hits the Dragon, linked below. Mike invites a variety of guests from the space on to chat about different topics, both to entertain you and help you out at the gaming table. If you've enjoyed some of the NPCs I've made for our various games and want to know all of my dark secrets, then you can check out our show together there, and I'll have a full promo for his show at the end of today's episode. Mike is a great host with great ideas, and this season he brings in some other guests who we've also endorsed here before, so tune in there to find out more. For now, let's bring you back to our Bayside Community Murder Mystery. Talk to you later. Uh, so meanwhile, Coach, Marion, uh, you enter the school from the uh, gym entrance. Uh, you enter into the locker rooms. As we do that, I'm actually going to put my hand on Coach's shoulder. Something just occurred to me. Where do they keep... The mascot costume, usually. Locker room. So actually, uh, Coach, you would know that the there is a like storage room for the school uh, where like all manner of things, like janitorial equipment, for instance, uh, but also like banners, uh, uh, anything that they hang up for like holiday celebrations, uh, anything not used constantly. Uh, all of it goes in this room. Uh, it's it's the big, big storage room. Uh, and that's where you would assume the costume is normally kept. Well, should we perhaps take a look down there and see if there are any signs of breaking and entering? Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, so the two of you head through the locker rooms, which are... It's an older school. Uh, the, the lockers are all a, like, steel gray that were painted 30 years ago. The paint's chipping in places. You can see the red that used to be underneath. And the lights, uh, although not super bright in here, are still on. Uh, they haven't been officially turned off for the day yet. Um, that'll probably be, you know, later on in the, the early evening uh, when all that's officially turned off. And you you head down through the length of the locker room, and at the end, uh, you make your way through a series of interconnected hallways. You've, there's another locker room across. Uh, you guys entered through the girls. There's a, a boys across. Uh, and then there is a stairwell that takes you up into the gym area. And there's also a, another door that you know is the storage room that's here in the basement area where you entered from. Um, you go to the store, and Coach, uh, seeing as you've been an assistant coach and... For, for a while, I think the keys that you have would also go to this door. So you, with a click, clack, click, uh, you, you make your way, you unlock the door and the two of you make your way inside. 
So this is actually one of the locations that I had on my record. Oh, good. Uh, yes. So for paint the scene, this is the Brindlewood uh, Bay South Senior High basement storage area. Make it a mouthful, why don't you? Uh, so my my question for you to help paint the scene is there's a fine layer of something on everything. What is it? Talcum powder. So we have a suggestion of talcum powder from Marion. Uh, how about Coach? Sweat stains. Interesting. So it's it's been damp and <laughs> people have applied talcum powder to deal with that. Or like, you know, like like chalk, like like wrestlers use mm. or gymnasts. Okay. I like baby powder, talcum powder to like keep the itch away. Although we're talking like banners and stuff in here too though. Right? I mean like basically anything that's been sitting in here for some time is just covered in a fine a fine layer of it. There are boxes, there are banners, there are mats and and uh, rugs and different gym accoutrements. Uh, and all of them are covered in a fine layer of talcum powder. So how are you conducting your investigation down here? I think first we want to look at the door and see if it's been tampered with at all. What I was going to recommend was check the door frame, see Mm -hmm. if there's signs of breaking and entering. Because this will tell us if whoever did this got the mascot costume out of here or if it was already out on the field or somewhere else. I'd like to see if anything else seems to be missing from here other than the mascot costume. Okay. That's really good. I like that. That's a good idea. Um, I think it's I think it's time to tap my cat. Yeah. Goji, you have better eyesight than me here in this dark. Would you be a deer and go around and see if you can find any signs of where this mascot costume comes from? Bring me a loose feather or something if you do. Okay. Uh, so... So you're looking for the source of the mask, like where the mascot costume normally is stored. Mm-hmm. You use Goji for this. So Goji, so I'm actually not going to consider this the uh, the metal yet. Okay. Because uh, I think Goji, Goji had a good sniff at everything earlier. Uh, cats have a very refined sense of smell. Normally they don't, like, you cannot order them to find you a thing like you could a dog. But you have a particular relationship with your cat. It's a very working relationship. Uh, and Goji... If, if he can do tricks, I feel like he can yeah. probably track. Yeah, Goji trots off, uh, and there's there's a section where there's clearly, like, you can see higher up that there are some hooks and other things on the wall, but there's a large bit of shelving that has been, like, moved in front of that area, hmm. um, and it is obstructing the path. Like, Goji, like, threads through and, like, is like hangs out behind there for a little bit and even like comes back and has like a feather uh, in his mouth. Hmm. Um, but it's not an area that you could access without moving some stuff around. Coach, would you come down and help me? All right. What, what we'll do is we'll hold on to, if you can clear this stuff, then uh, we'll hold on to you tapping Goji as giving you advantage on an eventual metal should you get there. Okay. Um, so, but first, I think this is. Uh, I think we'll consider this a night move uh, as you go to clear this debris. Coach, I would like, I think you, uh, because you are, you were asked to come help with this, and I don't think that Marion, you even take a stab at it. Uh, Coach, would you be willing to roll a night move uh, vitality uh, check uh, as, as you attempt to move this, uh, to clear all the debris? But first, for the night move, this is something we haven't gotten to before yet. Uh, for the for the night move, you are going to do something risky uh, or face something you fear. In this case, I think you're doing something risky. You're you're moving a lot of big, heavy things. This whole shelving unit, and you are you are spry uh, for your age, but this is still something that is t- dangerous to a person on a normal circumstance, uh, let alone this. Uh, and so. So what are you afraid will happen if you fail? I'll break something. Okay. That's good. So uh, I'm supposed to tell you how it's worse than you fear. I think what's worse what's worse than you just breaking something is not only will will you break something, but also you'll like break a bone in such a way, maybe a rib in such a way, uh, that it'll it'll puncture something inside you, and unless you're stabilized, you will run the risk of dying. 
So uh, that is what could happen if you fail. So Yo, then, this game mechanic sucks. So then this night move, things are more dangerous at night. Uh, so you can choose to go through with it uh, or back down. Uh, and if you decide to go through with it, then you roll an appropriate ability. Go through with it. All right. Uh, so I'd like you to roll vitality. This is how I die. Yeah, this is how I die. How'd you do? It's seven. That's a seven. Hey, that's not awful. Uh, if you roll a seven, uh, then you do it. Uh, but there is a complication or cost. Uh, and so we have we have described uh, what that cost looks like. Uh, so I'll describe it in a little more detail. So, Coach, uh, you begin moving this shelving all, all by yourself here uh, while Marion stands by uh, to maybe, like, help direct you, but she doesn't participate directly. And... Coach, you are shoving this this big. It's like that got that corrugated metal uh, on the sides, uh, and then uh, the like wooden shelves. And on the top, there's actually a series of like barbells and other exercise equipment. Uh, and as you are shoving this, I think one of those uh, larger, heavier ones gets jostled enough that it rolls and falls off. Uh, and you look up in time to like step, take a step back but it like crashes into your chest and you're knocked to the ground uh, and you you feel your breath wheeze uh, out of you uh, and you feel like a huge stabbing pain in your chest from where that impacted and you find it very difficult to get back up. I would like to mark my booby trap. To, well, you needed that before the roll. You need to explain how you use it originally. How would you... Uh, I've I've spent time oh. dodging the booby trap to enter my house all the time. Okay. This is stupid, but I'll allow it. What do you mean it's stupid? Because it's this was a beautiful example of getting perfect. getting to getting to use one of the crown mechanics, and now we're actually not. we can we can combine this because uh, some of the crown moves. Uh, one of them is like a flashback of your fondest memory to your late partner mm -hmm. uh, or or that sort of thing. And we specifically said that this was hard as well for, was it Cecil? Cecil? Cecil. Uh, to get around. So we could actually, instead of marking it, we could say that like... You could still tie it to it. Yeah. So you use a crown. Yeah. So so basically, oh, oh, I mean, I'll explain the crown, the crown yeah. mechanic. So there are crowns of the queen and there are crowns of the void. Uh, taking on a crown of the void means, uh, A, you only have a finite number of them, and when you've used up all of them, you retire your character. So there's lots of risk with that. Uh, crowns of the queen are basically, you then must integrate uh, these scenes about your your character as a, as a woman, as a person, elements from her life, and bring those into the story. So, like, an example of Crowns of the Queen are, like, a flashback showing how you were an imperfect mother uh, or uh, a scene in the present day showing a private side of you only a few get to see. So those are examples of Crowns of the Queen. Uh, and basically taking on a crown just means I would like to do this extra thing in exchange for elevating a role to the next level. Uh, so we then, we have played out this alternate universe where you didn't, have that experience. We've now seen what happens if we go down that path, and instead we're going to decide, well, actually, this is what happens, uh, and you're going to spend a crown to do that. Does that make more sense? A little bit. So so the crowns of the queen, you can pick any of them. Uh, the crowns of the void, you have to do them in order. So either you could take on a crown of the void, or you could take on a crown of the queen here, uh, and we'll follow it from there. What do you want to do? Well, I like the idea that Emma had of uh, remembering a time where Cecil got his shit rocked by the... Yeah, uh, I really like that. So uh, then I think you should mark the first crown of the queen, a flashback of your fondest memory of your late partner. I'm going to call that the <laughs> fondest memory of my late partner, but well, all right. So, Coach, uh, you use a crown of the queen. Uh, so explain to me. Uh, uh, Coach, you have a flashback. As this, as this barbell comes crashing down, you nimbly dodge out of the way. You are now granted a 10-plus. Uh, for this night move, uh, describe for me what is this memory that you you recall of your husband Cecil? Cecil and Coach had uh, just gotten back from one of Coach's 
fighters that she had trained most recent matches. They had gone to the match together to watch it. And uh, it was dark. Uh, They're headed up to the doorstep of the house. And Cecil goes and unlocks the door and doesn't think to move out of the way first. And just the... The, I mean, the boxing glove just comes and just gets the hardest hit on his face. And he staggers back, hits that first step, and just, like, falls back and his head smacks against the sidewalk. And then, instead of going inside the house, they have to go to the hospital and get him patched up. So we get to the hospital... And, uh, of course, my fighter, let's say it was Kevin, won the fight, but the challenger he was up against uh, also is checked into the same hospital, and him and Cecil are roommates (laughs) uh, (laughs) in the hospital. I like the idea that there's this moment when they're checking in Cecil, and they, like, pass uh, Kevin's uh, rival as, as your husband Cecil is being checked in, and... I think in a moment of beautiful clarity, Cecil just pipes up. You should see the other guy. So yeah, uh, you you dodge this and for a moment are, are lost in a memory uh, of when your dear husband, Cecil, did not dodge. Got his <laughs> shit rocked. But then still uh, had a great sense of humor about the whole thing. Yep which is the, the key. Yeah, uh, you take on a crown and you successfully have moved this big dangerous thing out of the way. Uh, and so I now, Marion, if you would like to investigate this, uh, please go ahead. All right. Thank you so much. I'm using reason. Uh, so yes, you are definitely applying your reason as you meddle here. And I have advantage because I tapped Goji. Yes, right? yep. Hey, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a twelve. That's a that's not pretty good. That's very good. That's void clue good. Hey, hanging back here, you find that there are a few uh, like on some of these racks against this wall. There there is like some hockey padding and other stuff uh, that that's hung up. Uh, there are like a series of tennis rackets, and then there's a like a a plastic torso that you can see the some of the red and gold. That, that dye from the feathers has rubbed off on it over time. And there are a couple of like feathers here on the ground. That's what Goji had grabbed and brought back to you. The costume is not here, obviously. You you found it uh, out in the field earlier this day. Um, but there is a few boxes in and around it. You see towards the bottom of this, uh, of the torso, there is a little marker that says property of Rob Kestrel. Some of the boxes around it are also labeled that way. Uh, so you go ahead and look through these boxes as well. I do. And in the course of investigating those, you run across some legal paperwork. Legal paperwork. Yes. Specifically, you find some uh, divorce filing paperwork. Ew. Filed not by uh, Rob, but by, by his wife, Luna Orville Kestrel. That's a great name. Thank you. What's the date on the paperwork? Very recent. It is from, let's say, two or three weeks ago. Let's say three weeks ago. Okay. And the lawyer information on it, uh, who Luna has apparently acquired as representation, are a local uh, lawyer that you've seen signs for before, Richard Johnson, attorney at law. Coach, look at this. I'll show it to her. (laughs) You know, seven of ten doctors say that paperwork leads to ulcers. I'm good. (laughs) So yeah, you find that clue. Uh, You also uh, get a void clue from this. Um, Oh, this is... Oh, the side time. Can I ask for the name of the attorney again? Richard Johnson. Richard Johnson. Stick Johnson, attorney of law. (sighs) And his son, Vic Johnson. Dick and Vic. Victor Johnson? Yeah. Well, Victor Johnson is the captain of the North Polo team. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So your void clue that you find, mm-hmm. um, you push some of the boxes out of the way while you are rooting through them. Uh, and you find at the base of the of the plastic torso, which once supported the costume, there is... I'll describe this as being drawn uh, into the, the base of this uh, stand is the the symbol of the firebird, the like reduced symbol that they use on all of the school merchant stuff. Uh, only it has been drawn here in ashes and they sort of swirl before your eyes when you go to touch them at all. Interesting. While uh, you are bent over looking close at this and Coach is maybe uh, (laughs) rubbing her shoulders a little bit, having uh, expended a bit of energy pushing this big shelving out of the way, you hear a voice behind you. I hope you find anything down here, ladies. As uh, Bartleby comes onto the scene. I think we're finding our way around ourselves fairly well, thank you. I, my apologies, uh, Coach. I, I wasn't aware that there was any uh, wrestling practice this time of year. Oh, you know, Bartleby, we're just down here uh, in- investigating this uh, mystery that you've put before us. We're, uh, we're searching the closet, uh, looking to see what else we uh, can find that might help us solve the, the, the case. Yes, and we have actually found some very important information. Uh, what kind of information have you, you found down here? I, I'm i in here all the time during the day. It would surprise me if you've come across something that I have not. Well, first of all, it seems that somebody had pushed this rather heavy shelf in front of where the mascot's costume is usually kept. Hmm... I damn near broke a hip trying to move it. Uh, I think that it's been there for some time. Uh, Yo, Bartleby seems sus. (laughs) (laughs) It's surprising that anything there is of any note. That shelf has been there for some time. At least any time that I've been down here. Well, regardless, it seems that, uh... Rob was keeping some important uh, belongings and documents down here. Hmm. You know, teachers, they keep all manner of things at the school that maybe they shouldn't. What kind of things would that be, Bottleby? Well, more than a couple of the faculty here have a, a bottle of something that helps them through the rougher parts of the semester. Really? Well, perhaps we should go and see if Rob Kestrel has one of those. I would like you to roll a medal for presents as you try to convince Bartleby to take you around the school here at night. That is a four. I would, uh, I, yeah, we'll just, we'll just do four. Okay. On a miss... He just says, uh, well, I I can't really take you around during off hours here at the school. That's, that's not something that uh, I'm particularly comfortable with. I, I certainly hope that you ladies will get to the bottom of this, but perhaps it's better that you go through more official channels. I think stooping through a a classroom late at night isn't really befitting women of your stature. Uh, And I think I'm. What do you mean, women of our stature? We're a very different stature. (laughs) I mean, respectable women such as yourself. There's no reason for you, a woman of your prowess, to stoop to such low levels. You hear that, Coach? He thinks that we're respectable. Uh, but he's going to refuse to take you around. And uh, as he declines to take you any further, you hear some some other noises from deeper in the school. Uh, and he says, uh, probably just some hoodlum messing around in the school again. 
I'm gonna go take care of that. You, coach, you know your way out of the building. You just follow down the hall, take a right through the locker room, and then you use your keys to lock up behind you, don't you? That was oddly specific, but yes. Well, I, I happen to know the way to myself. It is reminding you in case, uh, in case you've forgotten. Uh, and Bartleby will head out from the room, uh, and up the staircase that leads up towards the gymnasium. Um, Coach, you wanted to check out the, uh, the door frame. Yeah. I'll just tell you, because I don't think there's, uh, a, a useful clue to give you out of this. You can tell in inspecting the door frame, uh, that it doesn't appear to have been forced. And you say that's not a clue. That's definitely a clue. That means somebody had the key. Well, I think that ties in with the, like, both of these were just information that the fence line didn't appear to be forced either when it was investigated earlier. That's just sort of keeping in line with that. It is certainly a useful detail, but it's not a clue in a formal sense. So, you, so you've lost your chance at talking your way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you listen to his advice or do you try to pry deeper into the mystery of the school yourselves? Um, I do think uh, to bring in Diana around this time, uh, Diana, uh, I could imagine that you've been waiting long enough outside uh, that you began like knocking loudly on the locker room door. Diana were to walk around and be knocking on like a classroom window or something that could echo down the hallway and or we Diana is the sound right uh Diana if you're gonna go around and knock on some windows uh in order to have people inside hear you I'm thinking that should be a night move what are you most concerned about with this and then I would like you to roll a night move what are, you, what are you scared might happen here if you either fail to get anyone's attention uh, or if you lose your nerve uh, or or what are you worried about? So my thought is I accidentally break a window and then that's going to hmm. turn it, yeah. turn suspicion towards me as to kind of what's happening and the reason for breaking the window as it's going to be difficult to explain, especially after hours. You're a nice lady. You're worried about breaking a window right now. Is she? Is she a nice lady? Uh, but what I'll say is, uh, it's worse than that. Not only uh, do you run the risk of breaking a window, uh, you run the risk of being immediately found out by people inside that you have. Mm. Is there still a group of people inside after hours? I mean, at the very least, you know that Bartleby is. A- and potentially others. I'll accept that. In this circumstance, this seems like rolling composure, actually. Rapping on windows and yelling for people inside, I think, is like you keeping up the nerve to do this until somebody hears and notices. So that is 12. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is good. Uh, You you're rapping on a window and you see some light come in as the door to the classroom that you're knocking on uh, is open. Uh, You see the familiar, if weathered face of Bartleby in that doorway. And he squints a little bit to see you, and he walks into the the darkened room uh, and, like, flicks on a flashlight that he carries around as the janitor. You are, like, struck for a minute by the light of it, uh, but he sees you rapping on the window, and he, with a little bit of effort, hefts up the the wide window that you've been knocking on. Oh, Diana, you're out here in the rain. What's, What's going on? Well, earlier when we broke up to continue our investigation, it slipped all of our minds, as you can see, and left no plans for me to get inside to find the other mavens. I could come around to the side there and let you in through the outer door, uh, let you, you stay inside the building. I can't let you in through the inner door, mind you, but... You could at the very least stay dry for a little bit and wait for for a coach to come around. She was exiting through the back door. They were checking out the supply room a little bit when I was in there. How old is Bartleby? Uh, Bartleby is uh, old. He's like your around y'all's age. There's so the one the one thing that I'm thinking about here is like mm-hmm. using the leather collar. <clears throat> Interesting. As a as a pull on old memories. Oh, did you have a fling with Bartleby back in the day? 
That's perhaps one of the short-lived loved adventures that Diana has had. Uh, Diana has had many, so... I don't know if I would say many. I would just say... a number. <laughs> Diana has had a number of them. Look, one of us is going to try to seduce Spartleby. It might as well be you. Maybe he'll respond better to a dog collar. I know I always do. Well, how very kind of you, Bartleby. I would very much like to get in out of this rain, but I do wonder, given our history, with a particular collar, you recall that, don't you? And the whip. <laughs> That we could make it a little bit further than first base of the building, perhaps. Diana winks. <laughs> uh, this I, game just got heated up a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so you you bring in a... Uh, you're trying to reheat an old flame here. Uh I think you have this conversation uh, right as he lets you into the the first intervening space of the building. The main doors to the building are behind him, but you're you're at least out of the cold, uh, out of the cold and the wet. And I like the idea that even beyond mentioning it, you Diana, of course, had access to her records earlier. I'm imagining that you have like a messenger bag of some kind that has all manner of things with you, and so you maybe flash the collar that was just it's in there, you know. For, it's just part of the things you keep in your bag. Mm-hmm. You never uh, know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, and Don't we all? And you wink at Bartleby, and I think you are uh, invoking another night move here. This is definitely a night move. This is definitely a night move. This is risky, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I would it's like, only risky if you're doing it right. <laughs> what what are, are you most worried about? Absolutely being put back in the ring. Oh. Uh, I think I think it's worse than that. Oh man, I hate I hate this part of the night mechanic. It's actually rough. Um, I think it's worse than that because you will regret leaving Bartleby alone here. Mm. All right. And this is a roll for. Uh, this is sorry. This is a roll for presence. Okay. And does he have advantage since he's... Uh, he? You get to use three dice because you uh, invoked an item. You you do have to mark off the collar. Mm-hmm. You have used it. And to clarify, I still have the shock collar. Yes. You do. Okay. That's what I need for later. <laughs> for later. All right. Okay. So that is a nine. That's not bad. Uh, so that is... Oh, it's a night move. So uh, there is a complication. I think you remind... Uh, oh, boy. How do I want to go with this? So... Option one. We'll, we'll lay out a few things here. Option one. Uh, Bartleby lets you in, but like now you're kind of in the mood oh. and you're in this oh. empty school together. And I think at least at first, there's not going to be much in the way of uh, any sleuthing that gets done. Uh, so that's option one. That's the first thing I thought of. Uh, boy, howdy. That's a direction this story could go. Uh, so, so option two, um, I think he uh, he lets you in, but uh, I, I have lots of options as far as things we can complicate here. Um, he lets you in, but he makes you stay with him the whole time? I like that. You now have the condition joined at the hip. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's not a bad way of putting that. Uh, so yeah, you you have Bartleby with you, and Bartleby will not leave your side the entire time you investigate, which means you won't be able to do any of this on your own. So I yeah, add the condition joined at the hip. Well, if it's uh, something that you need from me, Diana, how could I possibly uh, deny you it? <clears throat> but I will uh, stay with you uh, while we're on school grounds. You understand that I have my responsibilities to my job as well. And he leads you inside the school. Well, oh, yes, of course. Thank you ever so much for your understanding. I knew that our fond memories of 
examining the dexterity of my toes might bring some future benefits as we have them now. So let us walk nimbly with dexterity upon these school grounds together once again. <laughs> together once again? Ooh, that that implies a few things about where this relationship was before. What did you think it was? there this is mike daniel from 19 hits the dragon a discussion podcast where i sit down with some of my favorite creators in the tabletop rpg space and talk about various aspects of the games we all love to play and be big nerds about stuff in general maybe we'll edit that out who knows oh i have chills if you spend 40 minutes trying to get as much info as you can out of that one guy at the bar right. who clearly has nothing to yep. say i know how to talk it's something that i do all the time God, Michael, what are you doing? Um, At face value, that statement sounds really shitty. I get that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm already think, getting them to think there's a, a reptilian guy about four and a half feet tall with sharp teeth and, and a little dagger who goes, I'm going to get you. You know, um, and while the voice sells it a lot. Yeah, like uh, I'm brooding in the corner. I won't talk to anyone. Like, well, you're getting left yeah, behind because uh, the, the, the <laughs> castle's under attack. And if you're not going, sorry, right. bud. Oh, you're finally awake. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we, we don't know anything about going off topic here at 19. It's the dragon always staying on topic always. So. I said yeah. a lot of bad words when I when you lost me. So. <laughs> so join me and my guests every two weeks for insightful tips, tricks, and traps for players and GMs alike. Uh, we'll see you all there when 19 hits the dragon. <laughs>